I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Team of Lee, 
just to redeem themselves and possibly get third place in the Copa America. How 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 awesome would that be? Also, we got round of 16 action going on for the Euros. Big fight tonight. One time Thurman versus Porter tonight, nine o'clock, and it's free. So if that tells you something. But before we get into that, we're gonna jump into the daily devotional. And this is a good one. This is from this is from First Corinthians verse, uh, chapter six, verse nineteen. Or do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have got from God, and that you are not your own? Let me read that again for you. Or you do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. Check it out. Take a good long look at yourself. What is your attitude about your body? How concerned are you about healthy eating and regular exercise? These are important questions that many believers never ask themselves. In fact, some may separate the spiritual life from the physical life altogether. However, this is not the view that the Lord intended. God carefully created every one of us, places a high value on our body, as evidenced in, in Psalms 139-13. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. The human form represents the masterpiece of creation, and God entrusted our bodies to our care. Just as with any other resource, such as relationships and money or money, the Father expects wise stewardship from us. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians provides a clear picture of followers of Christ mistreating their bodies. Many people in the church have been engaging in various unacceptable practices, including gluttony and sexual misconduct, as evidenced in First Corinthians 5 1 and First Corinthians 11 and 21. It is actually reported that there are immortality among you, and immortality is such a kind, excuse me, is such a kind as does not exist among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife. Go further. For eating in your for in your eating one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. Because of that low view of the physical body, they incorrectly regarded this behavior as completely separate from their spiritual life. They believed they could do anything they wanted with their bodies and still be considered, quote unquote, consistent. In verse 16 of chapter 3, Paul declares, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? From 1 Corinthians 16.3, When I arrive, Whomever you may approve, I will send them letters to carry your gifts to Jerusalem. The apostle reminds us that the Holy Spirit has come 
to live in the heart and in the life of every believer. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then he has taken up residence in your life. In effect, your body has become a walking testimony. What is your body saying about your relationship with the Heavenly Father? That's some heavy, heavy stuff right there, man. I mean, I'm not in the best tip-top shape. I'm not in the best form in my body right now. But I always remember that. So I always work in progress. And don't give up on yourself. Because he hasn't given up on you yet. That's a little food for thought. Well, in this case, that's a little thought from the spirit. Take a quick session break. We'll be right back. Let's talk about the draft. Stay tuned.
Thank you, Chris. Welcome back to the first box of Tailgate Truth. This is the main event. Thanks for being a part of the show. Man, the Indian draft is actually kind of melodramatic in a way. I mean, you had teams drafting for other teams and trading them off and then getting other draft picks. I mean, the NBA draft never makes sense to me. It really doesn't. Because all you're doing is drafting for other teams and then trading them for God knows what and God knows who at times. But some of them actually, tra- some of them actually traded up and got, and got players for themselves, such as the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, let's just jump right into the grades right now. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, they got, they got four, they got three players out of the draft. Um, Florian Prince, who I've seen before, play. DeAndre Denbury, who I've seen play. Denbury, who I've seen play uh, before. Um, Florian Prince is, is a physical guy who is in a He's in the Al Horford mold, mold a little bit. He's a better shooter than Al Horford. Um, he's a better finisher than Al Horford is. Now, if, if he stays with the, with the Hawks, this becomes a great team. This is, this, this great, this exactly becomes an A for me. It's a B right now from, according to certain people, and I agree with the sport. And I agree with the great. The the main thing that Atlanta did was that they improved not only in the youth in the youth of the team, but they also got rid of big time contracts. Case in point, Jesse's contract, which is with Indiana now. Now when you look at look at some of the some of the some of the things that they got, they got a great shooting guard in Isaiah Court. Cordier, who is, I've seen him play in the EuroLeague. I've seen him play in the French League. This is a guy who's really athletic. He's a really athletic guard. Um, who could possibly play the point, but I see him playing the shooting guard because he is a good shooter. And you'll get to see him at the Olympics if, if uh, France. Um, if that's actually actually good there. This is a good this is a good draft for Atlanta. Great draft for Atlanta. And, excuse me. Great draft for Atlanta in, in regards to what they got and in regard in in comparison to what they have or what they've had in comparison to what they've gotten. This this is this is really a good draft for Atlanta. And, and all three of these players can come in and play real early if especially if Fournier decides to come over instead of spending another year in France. I mean that that would be that would be great if he come if he comes over. Now we look at what Boston did. Boston just I'll put it like this. The four best names they got in this draft. They got they had six draft picks this year in this draft. Jalen Brown's probably, in my opinion, behind the top two picks, Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. 
Jalen Brown could have easily been the one, been the number one pick. <laughs> Boston just put it together. Demetrius Jackson from from Notre Dame, they got in the second round. Ben Bishop, who they got in the second round. Azul Nader, who they got in the second round. The the second round pick for me, along with Ante Zizic and Gerson Gabusele from France. These are six picks. Honestly, all of these six picks will make the squad. Not only will they make the squad better, but this makes Boston, I don't want to call them, I don't want to call them a playoff team yet, because this is a lot of youth. But with a coach like Brad Stevens, who's taking young teams in the NCAA to national championship games, and taking a young Boston team to the playoffs in two straight years. This is actually one of those things that could really pan out good for Boston as opposed to any other any other team who were to have had this many picks and to have been what Boston has done. I mean, follow me here. Boston, young backcourt. They got some great, great young players in the draft. They got probably two of the probably two of the of the ten ten best international players in this draft. Jesus and and Gasabella. Those two guys I can just see them developing as good, as quick as anybody else. I mean it's it's almost it's almost status quo as if you look at some of the some of the, the different um aspects of the game. You got instant wing play from from Brown, Gasabele, who is a is a rim is a rim is a rim protector, but also can play also can stretch out and give you between the 18 footers if you need to. But Jesus, he's a real physical player. Jesus, if you look at him as Dragon Bender, Bender has the bigger upside because he's already developed, he's already played a lot. But Jesus, if you didn't come to develop, no, he's exactly with the shorter courts in Europe. He's a he's a he's a twenty he's a out the corner feet. He can he can go down low. He can he can do everything that needs to be done. You know, from that standpoint, this is this is this is a great draft for Boston. I have not seen a draft this put together from a team in a very long time. I mean, a very long time. And they didn't have to pick for other teams, which, which in turn makes this draft an even better draft for the urgent better draft for Boston. 
you know, we look, we look down. I mean, Brooklyn. I mean, they made pictures that didn't make sense. Partial vert. I say whitehead. They're good, but. When you need, when you need the post help and you need a forward, you're going to get two shooting guards. And both of the shooting guards are on the shorter end of what, uh, what you need. Doesn't make any sense. And they're good players, don't get me wrong, they're great players, don't get me wrong. But this doesn't make sense what they do. Now, what makes sense to me is what the Bulls do. They went on and got Paul Zipser, who is just, who is a really, really good player. He's another good international player. Um, you've got, you got some leeway with him. Because he can play the small forward, he can play the two guards. And he's a good ball handler as well. Now, you look at another guy like Denzel Valentine, who, got, who, who was their first-round pick. This is probably one of those things. Denzel Valentine, he, he, if you look at what LeBron James is, and I hate to compare him to LeBron James, but if you look at what another Michigan State product was, Magic Duck, you're looking at you're looking at Magic Johnson, about three inches short, three, two to three inches shorter, with great vision, but better shooting power than Magic, than Magic has. I mean, he, he's not a traditional point guard. He can't play the point guard. He can play the small forward. He can play the two guard. This is a versatile guy who... I mean, it's so exciting to talk about Denzel Valentine because you look at what Magic Johnson was to Michigan State when he was at Michigan State. A 6'9 point guard who can play the small four position if he had to, who would play center if he had to. This is Denzel Valentine in, in a nutshell. I don't think you'll move him to the five, but I don't think you'll ever move him to the five position. But if you had to, you would. These are Valentine's, he's, he's kind of, it's kind of a scary pick to me, but it's also a really good pick to me. Because, A, when he's on the court and he's healthy, he is right out. When he gets hurt, he's just like paper. One injury after the other after the other. I mean, it's almost like Murphy's Law when he gets hurt. But when he's on the court, you can't, you can't take away what you have. You know, now that Derrick Rose is a Nick, I mean, Valentine's going to step in and play real, real, uh, get significant. He's going to get significant minutes. Say Horberg, with these two, with these two kids here, he goes to the free agency, he gets what he needs in free agency. This is a really good team. 
also if he if he can hang on to Jimmy Butler or if he can or the one of the keys to this is if he can hang on to Jimmy Butler or if he can hang on to Duncan Noah, this is this is possibly a really, really good draft for the for the Bulls. You know, this could make the team that much better. It could possibly vault them back into being a playoff team again. Not that they weren't good enough to be in the playoff team last year. It just possibly, possibly losses at possibly times hurts this Bulls team. This is a really, this is a really good Bulls team. But can you make things better by subtracting by addition? Now, usually it's addition by subtraction. This is subtraction by addition in this case because we've gotten rid of Derrick Rose. But in the last couple of years, we've added Judge McDermott. We, we signed Todd Gibson. We got Justin Noah, who is a restricted free agent. We have Jimmy Butler, who. who Highly quoted right now, and you've also got rid of a big contract in Derrick Rose. So you've got you've got some players right now. Even though you have Calderon on on your books, he's he's got a big contract. I think you moved him along with along with the moves you've gotten from the Knicks. You moved some of those along with Brooke Lopez. I mean, you can actually put Joseph Noah back to what he wants, back to where he likes to play, which is which is a center position. You can move Brooks to the fourth, to the fourth. You, you have Paul Cavall's contract, which is in limbo because he is a free agent, and you got so many moving parts. But if you get rid of Cavall's contract and you go out and you try to get a free agent, or you try to Kind of force a trade. I mean, kind of force another trade where you do a sign and trade and you possibly get a younger player, um, say for instance, if you wanted to go and get an option with to, to make your backcourt better. Or if you wanted to go and get a guy, you know, Try to see a trade with the Kings and try to get a guy like Seth Curry, who's going to who's going to be an NBA player. No matter how you put how you put it, he's a good player. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go with this, and there's still some some NBA guys, there's still some some college guys out there that didn't get drafted that will go into fields and camp. And there's a lot of guys in UFC in in summer league ball that don't have contracts either. So. You've got some play. The Bulls have some play. They have some play here to move to move other contracts now, and to get to get a big time, to get a big time free agent. So we've got they've got room to go further down the line. I mean, the Cavaliers they only have one pick. Kay Felder from Oakland, uh, the Summit League player. He can actually. If Della Vadova leaves the free agency or if he's released, waived, whatever, this is a guy that could actually go in. And if you keep Della Vadova, 
You can bring both of them off the bench because these guys, they're, they're disruptive. They're, they're guys that you leave them open, they can give you, can give you the, the, the occasional three here, they can give you, they can give you buckets, they can give you vision on the court. And they're both defensive stoppers. So you've got, you've got some things going on here that you don't have anywhere else. You don't have to make any moves because a lot of the players are keeping a lot down except for LeBron. Now, now that LeBron's won a championship, quote unquote, won a championship for Cleveland. Does LeBron sign a max deal with Cleveland? Or does LeBron take take less than a max deal? So that way we can see what happens with other players that are in the draft. That are that are free agents. Can they get free agents to come to Cleveland and make the team better? That's a good question. Because J.R. Smith, I mean, he just show up. He just show up when he wants to be kind of player. So you need a, a 82, a 82 game player. He's gonna show up every game and game out. They don't have that. But we'll, we will see. You know, we go down. We look at the paces. The paces. Well, they made big moves. They got rid of George Hill. But they got a guy like George Yang from Iowa State who honestly has a first round, has first round body, first round skill. But he fell to the second round. And he fell right into the face of hand. And this is a guy who can just spoil the basketball. He, he's a guy who, who can go 15 or 18, he can give you a location of three. He, he's almost a step forward in the purest sense is George Yankee. His game, if I had to compare his game, I would compare Yang's game to that, to that of a Kevin Look. Because if you look at Kevin Love and see what he does on the court, okay. Kevin Love is a post player. He can give you post moves. Very physical. Although he's not playing that physical role at Cleveland. Kevin Love is a physical player. He can get you 20 and 20 every night. If he plays the position that he likes to play, which is that set for um, motion inside post type type player give you the occasional foot, give you give you the stretch out 15, 15 to 24 foot three. I mean, this is a guy who this is you look at Jordan Andrews, you do that. You look at his film, you think Kevin Love, you think may, may not Kevin, may not be Kevin Love per se. Skill set is that of Kevin Love, and that's what makes. The Indiana Pacers, 
this could be a really good new addition by subtraction as well. Because they added Jeff T, who will hit free agency next year if Nate McMillan doesn't keep him. I can see him staying because I can see him and Paul George developing a great, great chemistry. And, you know, Thaddeus Young on a, you know, as well. I mean, these are two players that they've, that they've gotten that is instant, instant, you know, energy for the patients. And with Jeff T moving to Indiana, does this revitalize Jeff Teague in a, in a, in a sense? I, I kind of think it does because when you look at what Jeff Teague has brought to the table, you know, being undrafted from Georgia, standing state, going to going to the Hawks. Playing for the Hawks for six, seven, eight years. Uh, I want to say seven years. Um, six, seven years. And you saw him develop, making Highlands expendable, making other players expendable around him. And then the last couple of years, you know, inconsistency. You know, him drifting in and out of games, him missing valuable shots when you need them. It's just, this could be a revitalization type deal for Jeff T. That is your same, same similar, similar uh, thing with him. But I think he needs a change because there were other players that were taking over the role that he was playing. So, this is a necessary move for Thaddeus Young, in a sense. You look at, you look at the Pacers as a whole. I mean, this is a really good Pacers team. A really good Pacers team that made the playoffs this year at the expense of the Bulls. But at the same time, the Pacers may have just set, them up, set themselves up for a bit of, for a bit of success. Plus, you know, with Nate McMillan. So, We'll, we'll, just, we'll just wait and see. You know, we go further down, look at the Knicks, the Knicks did nothing. But this is what I like. This, this, this is this, the team that, that also did a lot of moves. You know, Orlando. You know, they they drafted Demarcus Cabron, son of um, R.B. Um, they drafted him. They traded they traded him. Oklahoma City. They got Serge Ibaka. You know, they had no other needs except for a center. Steven Zimmerman. Gives you that post presence and also gives you a defensive presence that you don't, that you haven't seen in Orlando since the White House. Fuzzy Barker, he's the same way. You, you think about it. Fuzzy Barker's the same way. He's a rim protector. But he can, out, he can go out and he can pop, he can pop the mid range jumper. He can give you occasional three. This is, this is a really good draft for Orlando as a whole. You know, you go along with Aaron Gordon, who 
who is developing into a two way player, along with you know, with the point guards, with the guards. This is a really good magic team. This is a potential magic team that could be a dark horse in the East. I won't say that they're at Eastern Conference Finals level or NBA Finals level, but Orlando had a good draft with one pick because the one pick that they got actually helps their team. And then you look at what they what they did with their first round pick. By getting him to OKC for Sergio Barker, I mean this 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 is a this is a really really good effort for the for the Magic. Big Shannon going to Philadelphia, that was a good one. Um, I mean we got three first round picks in Philadelphia. That we're moving on to Philadelphia now. Three first round picks, you know, headlined by by um Ben Simmons. But Luau, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this kid play, he's a fantastic team player. Who, if he wasn't played by Paul, he'd be a two guard. He, he reminds me, his skill set reminds me a lot of a Kevin Durant. Although not as long, not as long as Kevin Durant. Let, 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 let me let me explain why I say Kevin Durant. He plays the same position that Kevin Durant does. He plays the three. Kevin Durant, he wins. He's like he gives you the post presence that you need at times. He can give you box shots at times. But he's a, he's a superior shooter. Timothy Luau Cabarro is not a complete player, per se. He's a not on the outside shot. He can be a rim protector when he, when he needs to be. But he's very, very athletic. He's a hot flyer. He can get to the hole and give you points. Driving the ball, he can give you points doing little things. This is a guy who, like I said, the French, the French, the French national basketball team is a very deep team, and a lot of the talent you seeing right now is is coming to the forefront and coming to play in the NBA. I mean, that's just the way that goes. If France makes it to the Olympics in Rio. This is a really good time to look at some of these players that are coming that are coming to the draft to the Rio. This is another good time for NBA teams to go down, scout players, and possibly sign them, possibly buy their contract from their from their counterparts in Europe. This 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 right here will will be the free agency market. As of right now, I mean, hey, I look at then you look at Toronto. Toronto had a great, had a great, um, had a great day. 
Jacob Polo, who is a sinner from Utah, again, he's different from Biombo because he's an offensive type center. But he can also block shots for you if need be. He did average a, a, a block a game at Utah. But he's also a guy who can stretch the court a little bit. He's a guy that can give you the 15 or 18 foot jump. He's also a guy who can face up, face up the post and hit phase on you all day long. Portal's one of those guys who just gives you, who gives you the entire package. And I, I, like I said, I'm excited to see a lot of these players come out because I'm, I'm just excited for the season to come out. I mean, we can go on and on and on about about the draft and thing and what people got. But I'm just I'm I'm excited to see what these players are gonna bring to the table. I'm just really excited. Chris Dunn, if you haven't heard his story, it was a story of triumph and tragedy and so of of everybody of of all the draft picks in the draft. Chris Dunn, for me, he's the most valuable pick in his draft. Nobody has gone through the things that he's gone through in his life to get a degree. And to be a lottery pick, to be a projected lottery pick the year before, and come back because he felt like that degree was more important than coming out for the draft. This is a guy who who had lost contact with his father. No mother had had her personal problems. Um, moved them from Connecticut to from Connecticut to Maryland. Struggled in Maryland, inside Virginia, struggled. You know, mother would leave them for, for, for days, weeks at a time. You know, because she was being jail, she was doing things that no nobody should be doing. Father found them, brought them back home. If you just if you go and look at the SEC story on this on on this game, you you will understand why I would root for a guy like him. You will understand why a guy who placed a value on education instead of placing a value on the India contract. See, if we had more players. Like him, like the Buddy Hills, who who graduated, who graduated this summer, or like Mr. Chris Dunn, a Buddy Hills, 
Um, I mean, we go, I mean, we go on and on about this. I mean, guys like him. They're a dime a dozen. They really are. And you just get excited to see things like that. You, you are. You're really excited to see, to see people take an emphasis on post basketball, post sports, than to make it about just sports. You just don't get no better than that. It really don't. All in all, good draft, weird draft at times. You know, some moves didn't make any sense. Some moves did make sense. Some moves were stepping ahead and going, what the hell just happened? You know, kind of in the case of the Nets, just going out and getting the best player instead of getting what you needed. I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, we talk about the NHL draft, you know, First pick is American this year. Um, an American and an air and first first pick, first number one pick to ever be born and raised in a Sunbelt state. Um, Austin Matthews um, from from the state of Arizona. First first draft pick. First first overall draft pick. Uh, first overall draft pick since Patrick Kane. Uh, notice I threw in my, my man Kane in there because he was the draft pick. He went to Toronto. Um, I mean, it's just been, it's, he went to Toronto, you know, uh, number one overall. Great player. Uh, played in Western Hockey League, also played in uh, some juniors, junior hockey um, here in the States. All around, they're all around. He's a center. I think he's a center. I think he, he'll play center. I don't think he'll play in the wing. Um, I love to look at, look at a guy like him play. Uh you know, it, it's, it's very, very, very good to see a guy like Austin Matthews make it there because you don't see you don't see anywhere in the world. We have a guy like a once in a lifetime guy like like Matthews. I mean, he reminds you he's a big physical guy. He puts me in the mind in the mindset of what Eric Angel in a way. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be a power forward like Eric Angel was, but Eric Angel is so silky, so smooth, you know, in the way he skated, in the way that he passes, in the way that he passes, the the way that he scores goals. Everything is just smooth, you know. I mean, dare I say it had a little bit of arrogance to it as well. I mean, it's kind of like, 
kind of like God speaks in a way. But God speaks in a different type of prayer. This is a guy, I think Matthew can actually be a guy who can, who can be a two-way player. I can see Matthew, I mean, I watched him play as a young, as a kid. Saw him, saw him in the development camp, in the development camp. And honestly, I can, I can actually see him winning Chelsea trophies. I can actually see him winning the Calder trophies this coming season. I can see this kid being a superstar. And with the type of team that Toronto has, you know they didn't make the playoffs this year. They're they're, they're going to be making some moves this year. We know that Dion Phaneuf wants to sign a new deal. Will he sign a deal with Toronto? I hope he does. You know, we get some forwards as well, some young forwards, we get some forwards. And one one defenseman, this is a team, this is a Toronto team that can contend for the East. Do I think that they'll make the Stanley Cup Finals? I think they're about one or two years away. But at the same time, hockey is a, is a, is a weird sport to talk about and a weird sport to forget because even though draft picks, they have a lot of hype around draft picks, but I can go back and I can look at guys like Patrick Stefan. I can go back and look at guys like, like, uh, like Ilya Kovacic, um, again, um, the kid at Edmonton. Um, I cannot think of his name right now. You look at guys like that. You look at guys like this kid. I just think that this, this is, this is going to be a great NHL season with the guys that they have. And this, this is, this is going to be a fun draft, and I, this is going to be a fun draft for the NFL in this standpoint. But at the same time, they've also got looming around them in the next two years the collective bargaining agreement. And the Gary Bettman is still at the helm of the NFL. I can just see this being a big time zero. I can see him screaming at that. But, you know, that's just me. I think he's the worst commissioner besides Roger Goodell in, in sports. So, but um, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk. We're going to talk some, some boxing, talk some, talk some MMA. Um, so, stay tuned.
close eyes, I find a soul sky that's mine. I don't wish I climb. My old ceilings denied. The daytime arrives, your nightmares confirm. My whole tribe's alive. We stay fitted for the finish, never ask why. Six grades, he's telling me I can't fly. My hopes reach for the ceiling with their hands high. So understand, got the city on standby. Finding a balance in a game that's morally wrong. For 5 a.m. up in the morning, we ducking the light. I earn time through the habits we usually own. Saving up, had to spend it on nothing, that's right. That's a hell of a night. The drag swimming, the aim bringing the same thing. Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same thing. The bed swinging, the seats clinging, the same dream. What? A low limit, what the frame brings. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late again, plotting on the same thing. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing. But hold up, let them pick to this. No pills, it's still limitless. <laughs> Recouping the true essence, the legends who passed on. Live forever while we reminisce. True precision, I give forever and never miss. Signature sound like signing down on a dotted wind. Seeing signs of you clown rappers on common shit. Trading in your word for green faces and diamond whips. Copping medallions while my people starve. I think the public getting blind to what honesty is. I heard life is stage play a part But we ain't trying to be a part of this comedy biz Cause ain't it funny, I'm holding like no grudges As long as your hoes love it and money just keeps coming Trying to rain on your fire by burning my whole budget A lion where y'all liars rely on the same subject The track swimming, the aim bringing the same thing Your mind locking, the lames rocking the same bling The bed swinging, the seats clinging the same dreams uh, A low limit what the frame brings Low limit what the frame brings we up late again, plotting on the same thing. Low limit, what the frame brings. We up late as hell, plotting on the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. Plotting on the same. Plotting on the same. On the same thing. A low limit what the frame brings. A low limit what the frame brings, yeah. A low limit what the frame brings, uh. Applying on the same things, yeah. About to get a choir in here. Plotting on the same things. We just plotting on the same things, yeah. Plotting on the same things. We up late as hell, plotting on the same things. Trotting on the same thing, trotting on the quest to with a guess, that's what the fame brings. Come and be my guest, you can get flame, man. Let me get my dragon out the den. Let me maintain the flow as I craft it with my pet. I'm a master with the rapping, can't be matched by many men. Cause I passed you when I traveled down the path you've never been. Staying active with this passion, trying to stack up all this gen. Try to for the cabbage, silly rabbit with a spin. I'm a savage, call me Ben. Sending rappers turn to dirty bastards when I have to dip. Instrumentals can get ripped. Shooting lyrics off my men don't make you rap. Get the memo like I'm deadly with the clips That's the semi-automatic You can bet we bring the havoc Load the barrel, let them have it Just be sure to leave your address I'm addressing all the rappers Playing dress up You in the wrong sector Thought I'd tell you The rap game is not a pageant It's tragic Since the young and been busting bum To get out the gutter Avoiding trouble And now I'm buzzing Due to this hunger I'm busting bubbles Waking brothers up from slumbers Now I'm no longer the underdog I'm heating up this summer No more dreaming Only action Me my team gon' make it happen We just scheming, strategizing why you guys are steady napping? Treasure my presence like pirate chess. I'm spitting crack, release the cracking. Kyle moving back, and so I hope you rappers started packing. Hey, uh, 
dead and evicted And even claws know that the boys' bars are gifted We making noise, neighbors might call the boys, they tripping Might leave a sticky note with a message, you just missed the tape We've been working hard, people never stop that hating Only seem to quiet down when Kyle finally elevating Early flights and elevators take me to my destination Seventeen and getting green, but we ain't even met the fame yet Bet, bet, bet it's too much money here. I mean, nobody should be hitting Lotto for $36 million and we got people starving in the streets. That is not idealistic. That's just real. That is just stupid. There's no way Michael Jackson should have, or whoever Jackson, should have a million thousand, drupal billion dollars, and then there's people starving. There's no way. There's no way that these people should own planes and their people don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers, pants. I know you're rich. I know you got $40 billion, but can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why have 52 rooms and you notice somebody with no room? It just don't make sense to me. It don't. Welcome back to the first Lots of Excuse me. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, combat sports to me has been a been a big part of my life since I was I was a little boy, you know. Growing up watching Hydra Hearns, growing up watching um Sugar Lena come back, you know, Sugar Lena come back and, and fight. Um the Terry Norris, the Mike Tyson of the world, Razor Ruddick. I mean this has been a, a big thing for me. And you know, one of the one of the, the bigger fights that I, I I was excited to hear about, excited to see a few months back was Keith Thurman, Tom Porter. Well, Thurman had to pull out with injury, so the fight was rescheduled. The fight is scheduled to go on tonight. Both uh, weighed in last night. Uh, both weighed in at the moment. Uh, Thurman was one forty six. Porter was 147. Uh, Porter's got a slight reach at and it's in half inch. I, I, I say like this. This fight has the potential to be a blockbuster for three reasons. Tom Porter is a boxer puncher who can push you to sleep. Thurman is a one-punch knockout artist. Those are the three reasons right there. Boxer puncher versus the knockout artist. Now, I do know that Keith Thurman has some skill teams. He has some great skill teams, but you haven't seen much of his skills because he's knocking people out. This at 147 for me, this is a one, you know, this is a once in a lifetime fight at 147. I mean, I would love to see, I would love to see the winner of this fight. Like a guy like Amir Khan, or a guy like an Andre Berto, or a guy—I mean, anyone, anyone from 140 to 154—I would love to see them fight. You know, Keith Thurman fight. Keith Thurman wins. Does he knock on the door of the 54 and fighting Canelo in a possible uh, fight with Canelo, or does he go on the 40 and fight and fight a really good guy in 40? This is a, this is one of those things that, that you just have to look at, you have to look and see. 
Team Summon, one time versus Showtime is what is, is what it's built as. I'm gonna tell you just like this. This is a great, great fight. I'm gonna break down how both these guys can win the fight. Keith Porter, if he can use his superior boxing skills, he has great boxing. He got a great jab. He likes to come over the top with the, with the left hand, right hand. You know, switch stances at times. You know, he'll give you something different every time. I can just see this fight going on. Going one of two ways. I can see he's finally getting frustrated, throwing wild punches and getting himself caught. I can also see he's finally boxing with a boxer. Because he finally has that kind of has that kind of skill set. Again, you don't get to see too much because he's always knocking people out. But at the same time, both guys have punching power personified. Two thumbing loves to throw the left hand, loves to straight left hand, straight left hand, very powerful right hook. Um, Thumbing likes to throw the straight right hand as well. I mean, he's got he's got punching power anywhere from anywhere. Any set, any skill set there. I want to watch. I I think that I think that Thurman can win the fight if he stays within himself. If he doesn't go out of what he uh, out of his comfort zone, you know, if he if he's boxing to set up his power punches. Throwing his jab, not not just throwing power punches left and right. He throws his jab, his jab in, puts together combinations, do his body work like he normally does. He's gonna not, he's gonna, he's gonna not pull it out. Now, the flip side is to that. Porter's also a guy who has superior punching power, and what he does. Is a little different than what than what Thurman does. He's a volume puncher, but he's a volume puncher who can hit real hard. <laughs> if that if you follow me and that makes sense, a volume puncher who punches hard, almost like a Canelo Alvarez, where Canelo likes to put punches together and then put to the street. It's the same way with Porter. He likes to put he likes to put together punch and push to the foot. This is the one thing that that we that we talked about with Keith Thurman. No one has really tested Keith Thurman's chin. This is gonna be the first time he gets his chin tested. And if he can take the punishment that he's gonna he's gonna endure tonight, and I'm telling you, he's gonna endure some punishment tonight. This this matchup could go twelve rounds, and it could be a out decision for Porter. Again, if you look at what they both do, they got they both got great depth. They both have great depth. They both have 
they both have one punch knockout power. But one does it slightly different than the other. And and that's what makes this fight so much fun for me to watch. Um, we go, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the contenders at 147. I'm looking at some of their, some of their comments about this. I'll say Berto, um, who, who's, a, who's just, his last fight out, he won the fight before that. He fought, um, he fought Floyd Mayweather. I'm, I'm looking at what he said. He said Sean's going to come. I think, but I think people will be on his toes and box. I think, I, I, that's exactly what I think. I think he'll drop hard shots when, when Sean comes in. Steve can also be very versatile in the, in hands of a lot of great skills, where Sean is more, more like a bull. That's exactly right. People either hurt or knock Sean down or keep coming all night. Exactly my point. Kel Brooks, who lost Sean Porter, who beat Sean Porter, years ago says this is a great fight. One I cannot wait to watch. If Sean can stick to his boxing, I think he's in his home world champion again on point. But he can be handed. And he can walk Sean into one. It's a real pick and fight for I agree. Definitely. It's Colazo who got knocked out by by um by by Sonny. said I'm not sure who the favorite is, but I'm going with him. I like his style. I think it's going to be an interesting how Simon holds up with the pressure for the going to bring. This is one of those things, what I'm talking about. Where I say that Porter has superior boxing skills, but he brings pressure. He does bring pressure. And he does do things. He does do things a little bit different. You know, whereas. Thurman can 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 kind of punch He likes to be on the on the uh, Now you look at Adrian Bronner, a guy who Tom Porter has beat the death and is scared to fight a few Thurman. This could make this could make Adrian Bronner come come to a sense of an actually fight Keith Thurman. I actually think that if Keith Thurman gets through this fight, I think that he'll call out Adrian Bronner. Period. Little super thought there. Moving on. Danny Garcia says this is a great matchup. Thurman has the boxing ability and the movement, while Porter is the aggression who's going to bring the heat. He says, to be honest with you, it's a 50 50 fight, but I would give the edge to you, Thurman, by a very close decision. I, I'm leaning toward Thurman simply because he's got the better punching power. That's a, that, that, that would be the only reason why I would lean toward Percy Thurman. Robert DeGos Guerrero said, who lost to Thurman in March of last year, quote, this is a fight fans are going to love, gonna love watching. Both Thurman and Porter bring exciting styles to the ring. If Porter can keep the fight on the inside, he'll have a better chance to come up with But Keith Thurman is, is a smart and powerful fighter and will make the right adjustment. I just think Thurman is going to outbox Porter. I'm taking Thurman to win by decision in a very tough Good point. Very good point. Earl Spence, who is a contender and will be going at his first world championship uh, later this year, said this is a great fight between two great fighters with good skills. 
Sean throws a lot of punches while Thurman is a puncher who can also who can while Thurman is a boxer who can punch too. I know Sean will be aggressive and it, it will make for a great fight. If Keith can box and Sean and keep Sean Porter on the outside, I see Keith Thurman winning. If Sean wins on the, if Sean stays on the outside and stays in the test of Keith, I see him winning. Sammy Vasquez is another one for the seven pound contender and is a mandatory for Adrian Browner should Adrian get past his next fight. Sean is a pressure fighter, and Thurman used to be a pressure fighter, now he boxes. It's really costly to decide who's going to come out on top. Thurman has good power. It all depends on how Sean is able to take Thurman's punches. I think Thurman will win because of the power, but Sean will bring it to 12 rounds. I've seen Sean Porter take some of the hardest punches from anyone in 147, especially when he when he got hit by Kell Brook. He took some bombs, Kell Brook. Kell Brook is no slouch when it comes when it comes to punching power. He took bombs from Kell Brook all day long. I wanna see what kind of what kind of fight we're gonna see. Right later on right right later on today. I mean Anthony Joshua is having his first first defense of his IBF heavyweight championship against, against the American Brazil. That's a five o'clock fight. This is a fight for me, Anthony Joshua. Punching power personified. He is he's an Olympian. He is a guy who I really, really think is at the class of the heavyweight division as of right now. He and Deontay Wilder. I think that I think those fight, those two fighters, they're very useful. You know, Deontay Wilder was an Olympic Royal Bronze medalist. These two, they hook up, they get together. This is gonna be a great fight to see. It will, it will be a great fight to see. I think Anthony Joshua has a has a punching power and has a punching has a boxing skill to put Brazil away early. I also think that he has the power and the skill to drag this in the deep. If he gets dragged in the deep water, he will hurt Brazil. He will win by decision. I mean, and then that will set up a possible clash between him and Jackson Wilder or him and Tyson Fury, you know, or Pitco. This This has got a lot riding on it as of right now. But the likelihood of that happening is unlikely as of right now. Think about it. it, it it's highly unlikely right now of how how things are going to work, in, you know, with this. But at the same time, I can also see this happening. Anthony Joshua gets his fight this week. Deontay Wilder just passed his fight in a, in a couple in, at the end of the, the end of the month, at the end of July. I would not be surprised if there's a December showdown between a late December showdown or an early January showdown between Anthony Joshua, undefeated Anthony Joshua, and the undefeated Deontay Wilder. 
that has blockbuster written all over it. All over it. Can you make this a free car? Yes, you can make this a free car. Where will they fight at? I mean, we do know that that Johnson Waddle was willing to go to was willing to go to to wrestle the fight prevention. Will he be willing to go to say Carter, London, Manchester, Newcastle, Glasgow, Belfast, um, Dublin. I can see these two fighting at LT. I can see I can see this fight happening at LT if they get past them, if they get past their fight. I can also see this panning out and being a pay-per-view blockbuster fight. Whether it be at Barclays Center, whether whether it's at Barclays, whether it's at Madison Square Garden. Whether it's at it's in Vegas, San Antonio, hell, even Montreal for that matter, I would love to see these two guys fight. Serious, love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. I, I would, I would. That that would be on my sports budget list to see Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder fight because that that would be probably one of the best fights of this year or any coming year. I mean, we look forward to we're looking forward next couple next couple weeks. I mean, Tansburg Crawford is gonna be fighting his first pay-per-view fight, his first military fight. Um Adonis Stevenson has a has a title defense. Um Sergey Kovalev has a title defense coming up. And then you look at Canelo's got a got a fight coming up. Well, he'll be going after the after the one fifty four championship. I mean, Triple G got got beat Christopher at one fifty. I mean, Andre Ward fighting and fighting again pretty soon, and then he's gonna fight. He's gonna fight Kovalev. This is this, this guys. I don't know if you understand combat sports. Boxing is about to come back in a way that we haven't seen it come back in a long time. For me, 20 plus years. This is, this is what boxing is all about. And then now on top of that, we have UFC. You got a UFC card. Next week, you got a UFC card. And then the next week, you have three UFC cards on three successive nights. All three have title shots on all three have time matches on it. You know, starting with the Thursday night card, where everyone is going after the 155 championship against Hockey of Los Angeles. The, the Friday night card, you got the ultimate fighter finale. And then you have Joanna Zazerovic fighting, um, fighting, um, the day one. And then the next night, you have three title matches on the UFC 200 Cup, which is probably the biggest card ever for the UFC. 
And then 201, 201, you got, I mean, and then, you know, a couple weeks after that, you have Holly Holm in, in the card. You have Holly Holm and, and Chesquito on the card together. 201, you got, 201, you got Woodley versus um, Lawler. 202, you got, I mean, 202, I mean, you got, you got a big part of 202. 203, you got the, you got the, um, the debut of, I mean, you got the debut of CM Punk at the UFC. The next few months in combat sports is going to be big. I mean, 10 weeks of fighting, 10 weeks of UFC fights, all of them, and then you got, Boxing matches in between. Today, tonight, this is, tonight will define the heavyweight division with Anthony Joshua and how far he goes. Again, when you look at what's going to happen down the road, Chancellor Crawford, 135, 140, better watch out. This might be Chancellor Crawford's last fight at 135. I see him going to 140. I see him trying to challenge a guy like the George Grove. I see him trying to challenge a guy. I mean, I can see him challenging guys at 140 that can fight anyone at any time. I mean, Terrence Crawford at 140. You look at you look at what he has. Look at who he says. Daniel Garcia, Adrian Brown. He, Victor Postal, I mean, a WBC champion. You know, I, I mean, Ken Crawford, right there. This is a teacher. I mean, the Adrian Brown, who's this? He's me, but you cannot take anything away from him. Antonio Rosco, who I've seen fight. Edward Klinovsky, who just recently won the IBF championship. Edwin Donato, who you can fight, Ricky Burns, who's a WBA champion, and John Molina Jr., who just won a fight over, over possibly one of the toughest fighters in the world at 140. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we got so many different fighters right now. That you can see being the great fight. I mean, Ken Crawford. I mean, Ken Crawford. I can see Ken Crawford going in the fight right now. You know, the 23rd. Yeah, Victor Postal and Ken Crawford. I could not remember if that was the next fight. But yes, that is the next fight. Um, and the title unification, this is this is finally going to happen for for Terrence Crawford. The big matchup. I mean, is he ready for the big time? Hell yes, he's ready for the big time. Now, the big question is: Will the IBS, will the WBA, will the, you know get on board with the unification? Because Terrence Crawford, he's looking for big fights now. Ricky Burns is next, or Adrian Brown is next. I mean, I can just see this happening right now. 
This is this is one of those one of those nights where anything can happen right now. You know, just like tonight, Jesse Vargas, Kel Brook, that that boy. <laughs> Boy, I mean, Amir Khan, who just got knocked out by by uh, Canelo. I mean, Timothy Bradley, he's back. He'll be fighting soon. Earl Spence, he's going to get a title shot. Pomeroy, again, another good guy. Frank Gomez, another good guy. This is at welterweight. I mean, 135, 140, oh, my God. 147, 154 is, is, is something is something special as well. But I mean, let's just go. I mean, let's, we can look at 54 right now, and you look at what 54 has. 54 has some fights coming up as well that a lot of people. Uh, I really don't think that they'll be ready for this fight. I mean, I, I'm looking at at one fifty right now, and the first thing, the first thing that I'm looking at and I'm thinking of right now at one fifty four is look at there. I mean, you have the you have the WBA, WBC, IBF, you know, champion in the top four in the ring magazine, you know, top five. I mean, and then you got Canelo fighting Liam Smith, who's the WBO title holder. Canelo, who who's getting himself ready to go up to 160. You know, I, I can just see this happening right now. I can. And, you know, Maddie Strosman is there. Austin Trout, you know. Again, Janice Andrade, who just fought this year. Julian Williams, who just fought this year. Dean Smith, again, he's going to fight, uh, he's going to fight, uh, Canelo. I mean, this is, it, 154, for me, is just, just a big time matchup. There's one of you know, he's going to be fighting pretty soon. I can see, I can just see what's going to happen. There, middleweight, the same way. You can, you can see the middleweight division there. You know, the ring champion Canelo, you know, Ken was on the fight, you know, I'm hoping that that fight actually happens sooner. Daniel Jacobs, who's on this list. Julia Saunders, who's the WBO champion. David Lemieux, who he just recently won his, won his, won his last shot out. He believes he's, He's, he's ready for the big time. Peter Quillen, ready for the big time. Since you didn't win, you know, just lost not too long ago. But he's ready for the big time. Um, 
Daniel Gill, who lost to Canelo earlier, you know, in 2015. I mean, I'm, I'm so ready to see what's going to happen with Triple G and what he's going to what's going to happen with him and Canelo. I want to see what Canelo can do. I want to see what. I want to see what Canelo's going to do at 154. I mean, I want to see what he can do at 150. But the fight a lot of people are talking about uh, that it's possible is a uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The, the fight that a lot of people are possibly looking at right now that this possibly happens with um, with Canelo, and I'm sorry, with uh, with Triple G is James Gale. James Gale uh, just won. He, he championship made his first defense of the championship. Really tall, really tall guy. Um, really really tall guy. Um, can't cause trouble. Got a little bit of a punching ball. See that fight happening, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see that fight happening because Miguel, he's got, he's got a mandatory here soon, and I think that mandatory is against um, uh, he's actually in, in the, I cannot remember who his mandatory is, but when you look at a guy like Felix Stern, who's a WBA champion, you know, 168, I mean. We know that Stephen Sturm has has been called has been called out. We know that there's a lot of people that are that are wanting to see Stephen Sturm step up and fight competition. You know, see him not fighting Germany too much anymore. I mean, he come over to the states and fought and won, yes, but. I want to see him fight a guy like Anthony Deere. I want to see him fight a guy like George Rose. George Rose, he's taking some time off. You know, Gilberto Ramirez, you know, I can see him and Felix Stern getting together and possibly for unification. Bobby Jack, WBC uh, champion, who um, he's talked about going down the six years fighting, fighting uh, Triple G as well. But a lot of people are banking on James Miguel to to call out um, to call out a guy like like um Camilla, uh, I'm sorry like like Triple G. I can just see that happen. And then you know we we go further up in the list. The light heavyweight division. Um, I mean, Sonny Kovalev. I mean, he should be the main champion right now. So look at a guy like this. Sonny Kovalev, I mean, we all know that he wants to fight with Andre Ward. We all know Andre Ward wants to fight Kovalev. We also know that Andre Ward wants to come down to 160 or meet Triple G at 168, which almost happened with him going up to 168. Um, I can also see, I can also see 
Uh, I, mean, I also see other fights happening with this world. Adonis Stevenson and Sergey Kovalev won't happen. And the reason why it won't happen is because basically we're just Sergey Kovalev is an ACL fighter. Adonis Stevenson is a Showtime fighter. What needs to happen is Showtime, ACL need to get need to get together like they did for what they did with the joint venture that they did with with um, Mayweather and Pacquiao. This fight has to happen. This fight has to happen. I mean, Adonis has a, has a title fight coming up soon. Sergey Kovalev, he's taking some time off. He just fought. He just actually actually just beat he beat uh and he beat that guy to death. And, and I, it, it, it's hard. It's pretty bad to see him beat somebody to death the way he did. Um, but and then we go up to right heavy to the cruiserweight. You know, Marco Hook. He's talked about coming down from from 192 to 175 to fight. Uh, coming down from 192 uh, to 175 to fight. Tony Ballou, who has talent. Um, he's going to be He's also That fight's going to happen pretty soon. Uh, Christoph Slovakia, Slovakia, um, the WBO champion. He wants to fight uh, the Russian Gregory Zoid. Uh, those fights may happen pretty soon. I, I can see those fights happening pretty soon. Marco Huff is the, is the guy that, that really sticks out to me because I've seen him fight before. He was a former IBS champion. Uh, in the cruiserweight division, um, know that they that they we know that they've talked about that he's talked about his camp has talked about moving down to one seventy five to fight to fight Sergey Kovalev. I can see that fight happening. I wish that fight would happen. Um, Alexander Usyk, who is a guy who for me. Coming up to fight professionally, he's a guy who I always said he would go ahead and get a get a title shot. Nine fights, nine knockouts, and this kid, and he's not getting any younger. So now we're gonna take a conversation break. You know, both talking about boxing, both talking about rankings right now. But we're gonna take a conversation break. We'll be right back. Because I want to hit something. I want to hit something up and see. I hope you're listening. I want you to call for me. I'll be right back. Put it down like Raised on a rule, never love what you ain't got 
So I walk by the cold, never talk, and you just not. Took a ride out there real quick just to find that we all won. Ask God what it means, saying back, never know until it's all done. I'm still up with a glass filled up for the fact that we all won. Caught up in a taste with some peace in the mind, won't stop till I got some. So I live by the sides of the folk I would die with. Cause they is mine to give, it's one love and one life to live, so the night is on us. Put it down like Came in by the sea Looked round for the home That she found in the South End Raised my mom up Same time serving meals Every day just to pay rent Eighty years gone by And she's still right here Man, damn it, she love all Just real talk She was never alone Paving the way for the new unknown That is me sitting Low up in the ride Cap to the side All round I see vibes of all types Made it through the rain From clouds of all kinds Through the good and the bad The people of both sides Now it ain't hard to tell you I'm about mine Thinking on world change I'm thinking it's about time And born rich and poor Just understand that you can be Whatever you ain't for For real Welcome back to the press box and the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. I just saw some some the most blasphemous blasphemous thing I ever saw in my life. I saw this list of the greatest basketball NBA basketball players of all time just two seconds ago in one of the groups that I'm that I'm in, and I'm hoping that some I'm hoping that some of these people that are on this list that that have been tagged in this post. Please call in because whoever came up with this garbage needs to be slapped, beat up, chewed up, spit out, and then put in the compost pile. T-Rex, what's going on, man? I, I'm, I'm so mad about this list. Hey, what's up, main event? How you doing today, man? I'm good. Hey, I don't know where where the list came from, but I kind of agree with the list, with the exception of uh, adding Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman somewhere on that list because Isaiah Thomas was a general, and that's what you want in a point guard that's able to facilitate, lead the team, and also be able to contribute on the court as well. And then, and as far as Dennis Rodman goes, he was one of the greatest defensive players of all time, uh, despite the antics and you know, the Hollywood stuff that he brought to the game. When the dude was on the court, he delivered. And he, he was he, – he, and he fought for his teammates. 
I, I, you know, I agree. I, I agree with most of the list. But what's sticking out to me and what really got under my skin and got into my nerves was LeBron James at number three, and you got Bill Russell at 12. What behooves these people to put Bill Russell at 12? What, what makes them think that LeBron James is better than Bill Russell? I know it's different areas. I, I know this. I know this. But what behooves these people to put LeBron in the top 25 and you got Pippen at 25, which he could be a little bit higher. Kevin Garnett could be a little bit lower. Charles Barkley could be a little bit lower. But Isaiah could be a little bit higher. I just don't understand. I don't understand this at all. Well, I guess you could look at Bill Russell's situation. You know, he, he was on a team full of Hall of Famers. You know, you had John Havlicek and Bob Cousy on, on the squad. And so that probably d- diminished his greatness a little bit, even though it shouldn't, because, you know, Bill Russell is one of the greatest winners of all time, winning 11 championships in 13 seasons. But I guess the reason why right now we're kind of drunk on LeBron James because of the feat that he just accomplished uh, just a little over a little over a week ago by bringing a team back from 3-1 and coming to a team that, that didn't have winners on the team. Kyrie Irving, even though he's a great individual player, he wasn't looked look as a winner because of the teams that he was playing on. And, as, and then the same thing goes for Kevin Love. He came from Minnesota. He put up, put, put up big numbers but wasn't a winner. So they, I guess we, we all kind of – Brian James drunk at the moment and kind of not elevated him to number three status because pretty much he carried that team when it came down to crunch time, being 3-1, even though Kyrie Irving was still doing his thing and Kevin Love kind of faded away. Just the fact that no one, no team has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit in the, in the NBA Finals, that kind of boosts him up. And then two, that's Cleveland's first championship. So that's probably another reason why he, he's so highly regarded right now. Be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking at the body of work of a lot of these guys on this list. Okay, LeBron James does not have the body of work any of the other 24 guys on this list does. So for me, for him to be number three, that's a joke. I mean, I, I, I'm honestly going to put it out there. LeBron at three on this list is a joke. When you have guys that should be on this list, like a walk clock crazy. Like I said in my in my post, like a Walt Clyde Frazier, like an Allen Iverson, like a George Michael, or George Gervin for that matter. You have LeBron at number three. I mean, that yeah, I agree with you on the individual. I agree with you on the individual aspect. Yeah, they 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 probably had better careers as you know statistical or whatever, but the body of work that. LeBron has done the last two years where well, he should have won the MVP in the finals last last season, even though they didn't win the championship. And then this uh, year leading all players and points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. That's the first time someone has ever done that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I he got somebody at work. <laughs> I mean, I understand all that, but I'm just not, I'm not sold on him like I am with these other players because – these other players, they went about it in a different manner. 
They didn't complain. They didn't whine. They didn't bitch. They didn't moan. I mean, if you look at what LeBron has done in that in that whole seven games, you probably seen him whine and complain more about anything than any other player in in the history of the NBA Finals over seven games. And we talk about Steph throwing a mouthpiece. But you don't talk about him not doing no one near as much complaining as LeBron did. I mean, what what kind of sense does that make? Yeah, I mean, not, I, I understand. I'm not, 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 not You know, but I'm just I'm just not I'm just not feeling this this, this list at all. Right. See, we don't know where the list came from. It could have been uh, someone that's not in the business or uh, unnamed source that put this list together. But it's a good argument. It's 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 good for sports talk radio and you know sitting around the table with your friends talking basketball. It definitely would be a great conversation because, you know, like I said, there are some names that's not on there that sh- that should be on there. You know, and actually seeing it in writing, it kind of really puts things in perspective to really think about. Hey, who who are some of the greatest ones of all time? You know, rather than talking about, we actually see a list and you be like, no, nah, you know, I agree or disagree with the list. I mean, it's possible that you could flip Michael and Magic. I mean, but I'm just, like I said, I'm not really sold on the list in terms of the players on the list and the, and the rankings that are, that are there. I like the list as a whole. I, don't get me wrong. LeBron is a top 25 all-time player. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's in the top 10 as of yet. I think he gets one or two more rings, then we can talk. But until then, until he leads his team back-to-back championships or anything like that, he'll never be in that top five for me. Never. Even with the 3-1 deficit, you don't see him in the top five players. That's understandable. That's understandable. It's it's a lot to debate about. Like I said, we really don't know if somebody just put put this list together or a panel of people. Uh, of course, it's an unnamed source. But you know, it's, it's very good, good, interesting topic to talk about now since uh, we just wrapped up the finals and the draft and we went into the off season now. And, and of course, uh, summer league is coming up, which I enjoy watching that. But it's a good argument. Um, as you know, as for me, I don't like comparing errors because all errors are different, different physical, you know, specimens or whatever that's, exactly. that's coming through life, and it's it's kind of hard to compare errors. But you know, it'll be good to like you could compare each generation or something like that. Because who knows, Michael Jordan might not be the best player of all time. It could be Dr. J, could be Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain, Dominique, uh, it just all it just all depends on what's your criteria. I mean, that's a good question. I, I think I should come up with a list myself of of, 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 of this, you know. But that's the other point. Here's my question: You see it between Boston, San Antonio, and 
what what uh, Cleveland did in the draft. Who made the biggest move to you? Who made the biggest move? Mm-hmm. Or the best move for that team? I also, to me, man, I kind of like that Orlando deal with uh, OKC. Senator Baca over to Orlando for uh, Victor Oladipo because that, that's going to be a plus for both. That's for Orlando. Orlando got some good young guards, and then you have a stretch four in the Barker that can uh, shoot the three and play defense. And, you know, he, he had, had, has won the defensive player of the year and led the league in re- – oh, not rebounds, but on um, block shots and stuff. But I know he's kind of gotten away from playing defense. He's more offensive-minded now. But they got a good two-way player out of the deal. And so now, you know, Orlando can focus on maybe getting a, a good three to come in there or even try to get Dwight Howard to come back there. Uh, I think, you know, people probably laugh laugh at that. But I think he played his, some of his best years in Orlando, even though he, he has been injured and stuff. But it's, it's nothing like being at home. And, you know, I know Orlando – uh, is a home to him. And I can see maybe they can get him back, and then maybe they to compete for the, you know, the lower tier playoff spots in the East. Yeah. And as far as uh, OKC, OKC is getting another good two way player, but this time it's on the wing. So not only do you have Robeson there and then Westbrook, now you have Oladipo that can come off the bench or maybe even play play the three some or, or the two and put Robeson at the three. And see, this is a good move to try to convince Durant to stay there because with the makeup that they have, they could compete for the Western Conference again. And then by adding Oladipo, that's a great wing defender. He can knock down three when 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 he's on. And someone that that's young too got some fresh legs. You know, that'd be a good help. They got Stephen Adams on the block. He, he's he's a rising. A force in the league. He's only 22 years old, and he, and he mm-hmm. hasn't reached his ceiling yet. So mm-hmm. somehow they can get Red to come back long term, and, and and then and try to get Westbrook to make a long term deal. OKC can be the next in line waiting behind Golden State because I think Golden State is still the top team in the Western Conference, even going into the next season. Yeah, and like you said. With OKC and Orlando, that was addition by subtraction if you if you if you think about it, because that freed some cap room, that freed some not just cap room, but it also freed themselves of having to go out and find mm-hmm. free agents in that in that sense. Well, we got ninety seconds left, man, and um, but you know to your point, I mean this is really a really really good point and. I really wish we had more time to talk about that. I mean, I just happened to see that, mm-hmm. to see this, and and I'm like, wow. Let me let me go ahead and acknowledge this because I I have to. If I didn't, I wouldn't okay. be a man. If I didn't, but brand new heavy zone on a turntable Thursday. Yes, they're the legendary UK jazz band. They would be on the show. Next Thursday on Turntable Thursday, and also Boss Lady Monica Brewer of uh, Phoenix Entertainment. She will be on next Thursday as well to talk about the Grand Tiller Sign event that's going down that night, and also the Tri City Entertainment Awards that's coming up. Oh yeah, so y'all check us out, man. Thursday, Thursday with my man Kid Retro, my man 
and my man right here, T-Rex. We're going to get up out of here, man, but everybody, y'all have a great weekend. Be careful. Do what you do. And we out. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? Yeah. But what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy, and then I turned to a man on my own. The long wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Weight of the world, but I lifted before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck yeah, let it rock, but you want some soul shit, yeah, and she just keeps saying, oh nah, you know what, maybe you're right. What you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be hearing spirits so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Riding, whipping through the horizon, my timing is something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the all those around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming after the phone. While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal, how I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the camera up. The picture how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone. And you just how I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own.